Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Ticket tax 97136. What's up, Double D? How, How you, you doing, doing, Pat? Al Avila, the Tigers general manager, is going to be joining us tonight at uh, 745. So looking forward to hearing what Al has to say about the uh, Tigers offseason, which I think in a certain sense may just beginning. I don't, I don't think they've completed all the moves they're going to make. No, and I, I keep thinking back to what he said because I thought it was a good question at his press conference after the season. In terms of, you can argue that injuries were a big part of why this team fell short of expectations, didn't make the postseason, didn't get to 90 wins, and that if everybody returns to health, you've got a pretty good core and you could get there next year. And he said, sometimes that can be dangerous thinking. And that stuck with me. That, In other words, you can't always assume that those guys who weren't healthy this year are all going to be healthy next year and that you won't have other injuries. And so it seemed to me that whatever they were going to do this offseason, that they would have to, or that he would make some more moves than what we've seen. And really all we've seen so far is Cameron Mabin traded for a, a minor prospect, really. Yeah, and... Uh, That's why I keep thinking there's that one more move out there. I have no idea what it would be. But it just still still seems like there's, he's, he's got doesn't have to make, but will make, based on what he said in October. Well, there's a great list of free agent center fielders available. If this were 2012, <laughs> you know, they're out there. Austin Jackson, he'd be coming off with Peter oh, Borges right. leading the American League in triples with 11 in 2011. Um, Gregor Blanco, who was a world championship center fielder in 2012 for the Giants. Desmond Jennings, who was a up and coming Desmond prospect. Jennings, you'd be, you'd be thrilled to have him if this was. 2012. Over 800 OPS. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you also have uh, Michael Bourne out there, who's been a good player for a long time. And even back in 2012, he was a good player for a long time. Got a big contract from the Indians uh, eventually. But um, unfortunately for the Tigers, it's kind of a who's who, who's not right now in Major League Baseball. Uh, and there's question marks with all of those guys. You think the Tigers will make a move in center field? And it's probably going to be from the list that you wrote about the other day. Bourne, Borges, Jackson, Jennings. The list for me doesn't go much beyond that. John Jay. Like I said, the list doesn't go much beyond that. He had a horrible year. John Jay got signed by the Cubs, I saw. He was actually on uh, a few people's list. Revere's been signed. All right, what's the biggest factor to you? I mean, you outlined it. I mean, to me, the number one factor at Comerica Park center field is defense. Right. Well, I, I mean, none of these guys are good offensive players at this point in their careers. No. I still think Austin Jackson could get back to a level above where he was last year with Chicago. Right. But, again, probably at best going to be an average hitter. Can you get an above-average center fielder from that group? Well, Austin Jackson hasn't played at a, I don't know, look, the metrics – you can define it in a number of different ways. He's got fan graphs. He's got baseball reference. He's got baseball perspectives. He can go all kinds of different things. But I got kind of a rule of thumb with it. I don't know. And every every team has their own analytics right. department that goes through things. But to clarify that. But I have a simple rule. If you look at a 2.0, fan graphs lifts that as a quote-unquote solid starter. Uh, Austin Jackson hasn't been that since 2013, right. the last full season he had with the Tigers. And defensively, his metrics have gone down. And I think the eyeball test, when he played with the Tigers, you could see where he had 
for whatever reason, some players slow down at an earlier point. Center field career. is a position for the young. Yeah. You look at the best ones, generally all under the age of 28. Lorenzo Cain, really an exception when he was an old man at 29. and was you know, still... Jim Edmonds, and there were a few. No, I'm just talking about right now. Right now, yeah. It is a position for the young. Right. And, and if you're 30, that's not necessarily old, but for center field, in many cases, yeah. it is. All right, so who do you like? You're, you're Alavila. Well, I, you know, to me, you're uh, Alavila. Who do you go sign? Borges, you want a left-handed hitter. Borges the only one that's a left-handed hitter on that list. Because I just remember he just seemed to pull team. a hamstring every other day with Cleveland. So I just, I'm not. <laughs> he actually has the best defensive numbers the last two years. Borges is the best, you know, to me. But uh, to me, Peter Borges has always been an enigma. He's only 29 years old. Borges 34 years old. Right. And a couple of these guys are actually in their prime. Desmond Jennings, who the Rays released, and nobody's shown any interest since they released him. Um, to me, he's the best one because his speed is exceptional. It's still exceptional. Um, all these different things. But he's always been an enigma to me because he's never really covered that much ground nor been that good a baseball base runner, even though he's got he's one of, and I'm not exaggerating, one of the very fastest players I've ever seen, especially home to first. I've never seen a right-handed hitter who can move like that. little no, tap in front of the mound, he could beat it out. Truly, we saw that yeah. in L.A. The only player I'd, I'd say was comparable was like way back in the day, Otis Nixon. I'm not kidding you with his speed. And I don't know why it never translates into actual production from the speed game. So. Peter Borges, I was looking at his defensive numbers. I like looking at Baseball Info Solutions plus minus system. It's a good system. They put right. a lot of work into right. it. Nothing's perfect, but I like their system. It seems to match up with what we watch every year. First three years in the league. Remember, Peter Borges used to be a late-inning defensive replacement and would push Mike Trout to left field. Right. That's how highly the Angels thought of him as a defensive center fielder. He was plus 34 runs saved first three years in the league. And he had one year of war that was really high, too. Last four years, plus three total. Right. So... I think you get a solid center fielder. I think he still has wheels. You look at how he runs the bases. He's above average going first to third. The Tigers could use that. Right. That's Absolutely. why I agree with you. I think if you if you if you if you're Alabama and you're really going to make it a priority to hire or to find a stopgap measure until somebody else is ready, he would he would I would think top the list. I would think Austin Jackson would be right there too. But I just think Borges in terms of defense for me is a priority in this ballpark. That's the priority. I would think Peter Borges. And I'd like to hear what the scouts think because the numbers would say they're all pretty equal right now. But Borges, I still think, is maybe has the edge over the others. Well, I would think from a scouting standpoint, because of that speed, and he still has retained most of that speed that he showed when he first came up, you know, would have an edge that way. And he'll always, somebody will sign him. And maybe he's why he's not unsigned because he knows he has that value. Again, you and I, we, we have uh, two disagreements because we've talked about this. <laughs> One, you think Jacoby Jones is actually a viable option for them. My term for that is preposterous. I don't believe that's true. Um, and then the other <laughs> thing is when it comes down to balance of the team. You know, my big thing is the Tigers need to get more left-handed hitting, balance their team out defensively, offensively, and all these different things. To me, it's a big deal uh, that they have all these right-handed hitters. To you, it's not. So we disagree on that. They have a very low, uh, if you look at, you know, the Bill James handbook breaks down which teams have the platoon advantage the most. The Cleveland Indians are right up there every year because Terry Francona's got that mix and match. The Tigers have more of a set lineup. Right. And they have right near the bottom every year in terms of platoon advantage. But their right-handers hit righties better than almost every other team. J.D. Martinez hits righties. Miguel Cabrera hits righties. It's not a big right-left gap for their right-handed batters. That's why I don't think it's necessarily – that big a deal. And in center field, I don't really care. 
about offense. I want a guy who can go get the ball right. in the gaps. Yeah, and that, that's been a problem. I think we both agree on that uh, with what went on in center and right field. That's why Cameron Maben isn't here, don't you think? Yes, more than any other factor. Yes, I do believe that. And that wasn't just the metrics. I think that was the eyeball test as well. Right. I often think about their year last year, and I know it's one play, and I'm not trying to just put it on one play, but if he catches that ball against Kansas City, which was a very makeable play, and there's maybe five, six, seven balls that may have felt fallen in in right field. You know, one I can remember Martinez running for and missing on the line. Those plays are made. The Tigers' course of their season might have been different. Why don't you like Jacoby Jones? Why do you think it's preposterous? Uh, because I think Jacoby Jones is an older prospect who's played all infield. But he's learning a new position. Yeah, I, I think he's And Lord McClendon thought he was really good in center field. You know, I just don't see some guy going out there, you know, playing all infield and then all of a sudden going out to outfield. The other thing, too, as a hitter, he's very, very average statistics in the minor leagues. And he had one year where he hit 26 home runs. That's why I think he'll start the year at AAA. Two or three years older than other guys or whatever it is. I'd have to look up the number. So I just don't think he's a – I think he's a a 4A marginal prospect at best. Yes. All right. I don't think he's a top prospect in any way, shape, or form. I think Tyler Collins is a 4A player. I agree with you there. And uh, their other option in center field, uh, who would it be? There's a third option that they have of guys. See, I don't think Anthony Ghost is that option. I just don't think it. But And and this is why it's going to be interesting to talk to Al Avila about it. The Tigers clearly are keeping him around for a reason. I can't figure out what that reason is. You know, there's a deportment I mean, he did not play good center field in either of the years he was with the Tigers. He graded out below average. And, of course, he had the problem that were well-documented last year with he Lloyd McClendon. And he can't hit. Other than that, he's pretty good. <laughs> so I don't even consider him an option. What do you think as Tiger fans? He's left-handed, though, Pat. <laughs> right, we want to ask you about this. 2485, that he is. 2485-399797. What do you think is the best option for the Tigers in center field? Um, and, and also, you know, when you look at the situation, you think, hey, you know what? Maybe they should have kept Maven. Because Dan and I, I, I kind of agree with uh, what Al Avila did. And and Al's going to join us today, 745. You're listening to Tiger Talk on 97 won the ticket. The 2-1. Swinging a fly ball, right field. It's deep. Going back is Eibner, and that ball is gone! A home run! How about it? Tyler Collins, number one, ties the game at two in the seventh. 2485399797. 2485399797. That was Dan Dickerson calling that Tyler Collins home run. He's a center field candidate. But um, Tyler Collins actually put up some good numbers to begin with. Remember when he first got right. the recall? He had the, the bad start, the recall in Kansas City, if I remember right, and then really faded down the stretch. And I think you're right. He's an extra outfielder. Not not a four, or do you think he's more of a 4A guy? I think he's a 4A okay. guy. Okay. You know, I. But sometimes guys like that prove on. You know, the thing I like about Tyler Collins, he had an incident with the fans, mm-hmm. and he owned up to it. He absolutely did. You know, and uh, learned from it. And that incident may have come from more of a, rather than a sinister place, uh, a desirous place. I don't know how to describe that, but I think you know what I'm talking about. So maybe he's got a chance, you know. His teammates like him. You know, in particular, it seemed like Nick Cassianos really stood up for him. Somebody who knew him. You see, I think it's a good kid. That I really do. That doesn't happen if it's somebody that 
that you don't care about. You that can they just don't be care silent. About. Yeah, they just they pretty much they don't say anything bad, but they don't say anything <laughs> good. So he'll be in that platoon with Jacoby Jones, Pat. You know, so yeah, wish no ill will. None of these guys, but uh, you make an assessment on it. Yeah, I think he's a four A player. Truthfully, uh, you know, center field options. I don't like their their present options. We'll talk to Al Vila. He'll join us at Tigers General Manager at seven forty five to find out what Al thinks, because that counts a lot more than any, anybody else because he's the guy who makes that decision. And um, you know, we're talking about the Tigers and different things. Talk about who do you think the best option is. you got Peter Borges, you got Austin Jackson, you've got uh, Michael Bourne. They're all pretty famous names. Desmond Jennings, uh, Gregor Blanco, Dan Quinces every time I bring up Gregor <laughs> Blanco. Those are the guys. And uh, you know, Maybe I'm dismissing Gregor Blanco a little too lightly. Should why? I? Why? Did you look at what you he did last year? You keep bringing him up. I'm thinking, what am I missing here with Gregor Blanco? Well, maybe, he had an awful maybe year he's last year. really good, and I forgot. No, it was, it was all off the charts. All right, but previous three years, he was solid, 260, 260, 291 year. A little bit of extra base power, concealed base. But to me, again, it's all about defense and minus 13 runs saved the last two years. And he's not, he's not a clutch guy. You know, I mean, in the, in the postseason, they won these championships despite him, not because of him. He's been terrible in the postseason. So you kind of wonder, you know, what that's all about. Although he, everybody on the Giants had a field day against the Tigers in 2012. So I think he hit 250 against them, which was like his career best or something. <laughs> anyway, 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Also, you know, if you look at the Tigers right now, I want to ask fans this. Get in on the conversation because we – we want to talk to you. I know a lot of you look forward to listening to the show. What do you think the Tigers' chances are realistically of winning the division? Because last year, they were actually contenders except for one factor. They couldn't beat the Indians head-to-head. That was the factor that absolutely destroyed them. Other than that, and they had some problems with the Royals as well, who aren't going to be that good, the Tigers were you know, pretty much even. They were 82 the and 61. Yeah. Outside of the Indians. That's exactly it. And I know the Indians added in Carnacion from Toronto, a big free agent signing for them. And, you know, they might have Brantley back, which is a huge factor. Yeah, you, you can't assume he'll be back because that, that was very serious. Very serious. But you never know. But if he is back, that's a huge boost. They got a chance. And their starters got hurt late last year, starting pitching, which was outstanding. But the Tigers, pretty good club. And, you know, if Jordan Zimmerman comes back to form, which there's a strong possibility of that. Yes. Uh, Daniel Norris, I thought there were some real signs with Daniel Norris that he's going to be pretty good. Last year it was spotty. You know, he's starting to come on. Strong finish. Right. And you have Michael Fulmer, who's outstanding, and Justin Verlander is outstanding. The one thing the Tigers have is this, uh, you know, the makings of an outstanding starting rotation. That makes them contenders. There was a reason that Ian Kinsler and Miguel Cabrera that last weekend when they were eliminated on Sunday had very positive things to say overall about the future of the franchise, not even knowing what might happen this winter because of, I think, those three guys in the rotation and, and led by Justin Verlander. But it's not too often you get Boyd, Norris, former three young pitchers, and I think Boyd can be solid at the back end of a rotation. I really do. You know, he's shown I mean, competitive character. I think Norris sure. can be really good, and we know what Fulmer can do. It's, it's rare that you have three impact young pitchers in the rotation. You're going to have probably more ups and downs, but what was their final record? I think the last few months they were combined 37 and 20, those three pitchers uh, down the stretch the last few months or over the course of the year. Yeah, it's, you know, that's 
pretty good. I thought with Boyd there was a one start where he didn't get any outs after he had done well, and I thought that that was disappointing. But other than that, he he can fight. He pitched at a high level in college, and he's definitely shown that he's got the makings of a chance uh, for to be a, a back of the rotation guy, if not the top of the rotation. And also the other thing on the bullpen, I think Joe Jimenez, and I've talked about this a lot, is a very, very promising prospect who has dominated in the minor leagues. And I think he's been vastly underrated by the Tigers themselves, which, you know, Al knows because he's heard me talk about it so much after the games, and he and I have discussed it, Al Avila, the general manager, and also uh, just by Baseball American, he make him in their top ten prospects. As somebody who did that list for at least a dozen years, I did the list, so I understand how it's done. Um, I'm, I'm stunned by that. That he's off the top ten. I, I I thought maybe the guy just didn't do his due diligence. I've seen him in the top forty among all the prospects in baseball. So, yeah, he's outstanding prospect. Yeah. Outstanding. It's electric stuff when he's on. Absolutely. And they didn't bring him up for a reason in September. They wanted more command of the fastball and sharpen up the sliders, my understanding. And I didn't agree with them at all on that, by the way. He, if, especially, you think he's got a better than even chance of making the team out of spring training. If, if he doesn't, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's, it, to me, he's, he should. Or put it this way, he's a strong candidate to make it out of spring training. I think everybody agrees on that. Look, look at what Cena, Suna did at a young age for the uh, Toronto. A-Rod, K-Rod came up when he was 21. Um, look what uh, Trevor Rosenthal was about this age when he emerged with the Cardinals. He's at the age and stage and has the arm strength, and he's got bend on his slider. That's what nobody talks about. He's also deceptive. He moves his leg back, and the ball comes out of the chute late. You don't pick him up early. People don't get good swings on him. And uh, he's a, he's, he has a chance to be a dominant closer. So I don't know what the Tigers saw in there. I didn't agree with. I, heard, I saw some quotes from Dave Littlefield, who I respect. I mean, he's been a major league general manager. He's done some stuff. Didn't agree with. Don't agree with what Al said about it. He was compared him to Rondone. I think he's a better prospect than Rondone ever was, well, despite Rondone's 103. What you just said is important because I haven't watched him enough. You have. You, you go down to MA. MILB. I watch. I watch every one of his outings that was on it. <laughs> that's the, on this, but that's the thing that if he hides the ball well, plus the upper nineties, Rondon does not. Everybody gets a good look at that hundred mile an hour fastball for Rondon. And then remember, it was not as lively toward the end of the year for Bruce Rondon. I'm still very skeptical. You have to say he made a lot of improvements. Bruce Rondon cut his walks, bumped his strikeouts, but I'm still leery of leaning on him in the late innings to protect the lead. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. He's Dan Dickerson on Pat Caputo. Al Avila join us at seven forty five. Till then, we'd love to hear from you. It's Tiger Talk at ninety seven won the ticket. Sports news all day, every day. This is ninety seven won the ticket. The Broncos have hired Vance Joseph to be their new head coach as he spent the last year as the Dolphins' defensive coordinator. Bills turned a longtime Panthers defensive coordinator Sean McDermott to fill their head coaching vacancy. Tigers have invited 22 non-roster players to spring training with the big league team this year. Ten pitchers, three catchers, five infielders, four outfielders. Amongst the names, minor league closing sensation Joe Jimenez and outfielder Mike Gerber. Both the Spartans and the Wolverines in men's basketball action tonight. Spartans hosting number 24, Minnesota. Wolverines are on the road, tipping off against Illinois over on WWJ News Radio 950. You can hear it at 9 o'clock. Red Wings are the night off. They retake the ice tomorrow night in Dallas against the Stars. Pre-game, Ken Cal, Paul Woods. You can hear it all on the ticket at 810. Let's take an update. I'm Tim Jetsky. More at 8 or at 971theticket.com.
Valenti and Foster. Afternoons. My name is Terrence Reginald Foster <laughs> III. I'm going to take this to different levels. I'm back. Come follow me, boys. Mike Valenti and Terry Foster. Afternoons. 97.1. The Ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tam Tickerson on Tigers Radio. 97.1. The Ticket. Here's the 1 2. Swinging a drive in the air to right field. That ball is hit well. It's got a chance. It's gone. How about that? <laughs> Collins, a pinch hit homer to make it 4 to 3. Well, we had uh, Dan do a Tyler Collins home run. Now we got Mario and Pemba doing well. Jim seemed to really enjoy himself there in the background. I think our engineer Tim uh, Jetski is sending us a little message. He thinks uh, he Tyler thinks, Collins he thinks Tyler's the guy. I'm all about Collins in 17. <laughs> there you go. <are. laughs> Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Who should be the Tigers center fielder? We've been talking about that, and do you expect the Tigers to contend this year? Al Avila, the Tigers general manager, will join us at seven forty five here on Tiger Talk. Pat Caputo, along with the radio play by play voice of the Tigers, Dan Dickerson and Doran. You're on ninety seven one. The ticket. Hey, what's up? Oh, good evening, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, Mr. Dickinson, you stick with the Tigers, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I really enjoy your broadcast. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the top it. top shelf. But uh, getting back to the Tigers, uh, our left fielder needs to get his head in the game. Uh, Victor, we don't know about him and our man, young manager, but when you have Verlander and uh, Kinsler on that team, Fulmer, I don't think that Fulmer would be the pitcher he was if he didn't have Justin Verlander on that staff. Uh, I have faith in these guys. I really do. And the Wilson kids, uh, they're just a couple of pieces away, just day in, day out, grinding it out and staying focused. I think that they're 50-50 to win the division. They can play against anybody, barring injury. Uh, uh, Castellanos went out, and um, our right fielder, Martinez, great young ball player. Uh, It's about center field, I agree. do I understand that Avila's back at catcher? So that's solid. The team doesn't have to make any big moves as long as they stay healthy in that left fielder. I think that is a key. Him and Victor, those two bats get active in the lineup at clutch times, and we need a clutch hitter for power. And I think the Tigers are as good as anybody. I really do. I think the one thing that Al, as the winter went on, probably was looking at is that the rest of the Central really got, other than Cleveland, got weaker. Uh, I agree. I I'm coming from uh, from uh, creative loyalty, uh, constructive loyalty. I'm not criticizing. I, I really think that they're they're okay. I'm, I'm glad to see no big moves and no big shakeups, and the young arms. Uh, you see these kids pitch, they know what they're doing. They just need more confidence and, and more uh, experience. And uh, I don't see any reason why the Tigers can't contend, truly. Well, you know, I uh, agree with it. I, I think, though, uh, I, to me, their big thing isn't necessarily – I look at the Tigers like this, and this is how I describe it. If I described it last week on this show or you've heard this before, I apologize, but it's how I really feel. It's like you, you get a jigsaw puzzle in a box, and you, you open it up and you take the stack of the pieces. And for the Tigers, that stack is really, really high. you got great resumes like Victor Martinez and guys who are either borderline or Hall of Fame players, big-name players, 
uh, big payroll, all these different things, and it stacks up really high. And then when you take the pieces and try to fit the puzzle together, it doesn't fit quite right because it's unbalanced. And I think the problem with the way they are right now, they could in. They could end up in a similar spot. They may have a great rotation, but they're still struggling. The bullpen, 25th in MLB last year. Right-handed bats all over the place, not left-handed bats. Defensive flaws in certain positions where other spots are strong. So I think Al's goal, and he knows this, uh, is to try to balance it out yet. But you don't want – everybody wants Iglesias. Everybody wants Justin Wilson. They don't want Pelfrey and Lowe, you know. They don't want Upton's contract, you know, that type of thing. Well, you know what, and of course, you, you, you men know much more than I do, but the simple fact is, doesn't that fairly fall on the shoulders of our young manager? And he's going to get better. I really, you know, this is, you know, something that I really, uh, I believe in. Whether I'm right or wrong, we'll see. But you get a feel for these kids and where they feel comfortable and staying comfortable and confident and getting their minds in the game and staying focused. When those young guys get on that mound, in any cer- certain situation, they are capable of handling their emotions and handling uh, the defense. Well, you and know, they're all on the same page, and I, I, I can't stress that enough. Well, to me, I appreciate the phone call, Dan. It's like I don't, I don't think Brad can, you know, put his hand on Mike Pelfrey's forehead like a faith healer <laughs> and say you shall be worth what the value of your contract is it doesn't quite work that way uh i know brad is i think how he handled the young pitchers really was impressive i thought brad did a, a pretty good job last year now just having said that my gosh there's people going oh they're about ready to drive off the road as you know <laughs> uh, we do the shows after the game i'm on uh, after a lot of those games and defending brad in certain situations uh, because I think people kind of blame him for everything. So, uh, and sometimes it's really not his fault. I think the team is unbalanced. I think I would criticize ownership for this because they have a lot of contracts that are not good values in today's age when everything's about value of contract and all the different analytics and everything, except for one thing. The only reason they're in this spot is that Mike Illich is not somebody who wants to win. He has to win. And he's doing everything he can to win. And he's had a general manager who feels that way. And I've known Al Vila for a long time. Uh, and I've gone back and forth with fans on this after the games and before the games or whatever about Alex Avila, who's now back with the team. And I said, well, the only reason he's on the team is I said, I said, look, you don't know his dad. You know, his dad's an ultra-competitive human being uh, who's been in the game for a long time and is going to do nothing to disrespect right. the game. But Al's the disrespect the game thing. Al's not going to do something stupid because he's very pragmatic. He's not going to cut off his nose despite his face. So you've got them in kind of this mode here. He knows what he wants to do, but he's not going to do it for the sake of just doing it if it doesn't make sense. Right, and remember, twenty-four million comes off the payroll. Close to thirty million comes off the payroll with Low, Pelfrey, Sanchez after this coming season. And look at the free agent classes. And now you're starting to forward. get maneuver- maneuverability. And look at the free agent classes moving forward. Then say you have some players in your system. They've got some lower-level prospects who do have an upside. Bo Burrows comes to mind. A few guys. Uh, you know, Christian Stewart is a fairly advanced prospect. Say he goes to, you know, Toledo does some things. He's got power. He's a left-handed hitter. 
And you got Derek Hill, who actually made a lot of progress for a high school kid, you know, in his second, third year, last year in um, West Michigan. So say he emerges as center field, you start to see some things, and then you get some more maneuverability, and, you, and I don't know, you know, Jimenez comes up and does well, right. you know, and maybe they got something. You know, but he, Al's not going to, Al's not a knee-jerk reaction type. That's why, yeah, right, he's not. He's not. And what you said, Mr. Illich knows that, you know, the signing of Justin Upton probably took away a lot of his maneuverability, all of it really, and that's why I don't think there was a specific number that he had to get down to this year. I think he does appreciate that Al's goal is trim payroll, get more athletic, get more affordable in the years to come, and he probably outlined a plan for how to do that. Upton's interesting because he's in his prime still. He's still a pretty good athlete. Um, he's not a clubhouse chemistry issue pro- problem at all. The opposite a, of that. He's a great guy. Knows how to play the game. Um, he also had a terrible year for like four months. Four and a half months. I was looking at it today. Mid-August is when they finally sat him down. And the finish was monstrous. And now it's a matter of, okay, can we get a little more consistency over the course of the year? Well, you like it, him in the number two spot? Everybody wants to know who's in the number two spot. I, I would put J.D. Martinez there. I like uh, Upton there a little better. Higher career on base, he'll draw a few more walks, can steal a base, and then that allows you to have Miggy, Victor, J.D., Castellanos, and that's a pretty good top six. It makes sense uh, from what you're saying. The only reason I say that J.D. Martinez hits the ball behind the runner a mm-hmm. lot. He does that a lot. But anyway, coming up next, Al Avila, 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97-1, the ticket. Here's the 2-1. Swinging a fly ball, left field, down the line, deep, going over. Cabrera at the fence. He leaps up off the top of the fence, maybe off his glove, and into the bullpen, home run, Alex Avila. Number two on the season. Tigers lead it 2-1 in the second. That's Double D, Dan Dickerson, uh, with the call. We'd love to hear from you. 248-539-9797 is usually the phone number we want you to call. But right now we're joined by Tigers general manager, Al Avila, uh, whose son hit that home run. What's up, Al? Hey, Pat. I'm doing fine other than this rain that I had to run away from. But I'm, I'm indoors now. <laughs> Al, how are you? It's Dan Dickerson. Doing good. Good. Hey, Dan. Um Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. We're we're not far away from heading down to Florida. That's right. That's right. We're just a few. I've already been there a couple of times. I plan to go back uh, probably at least one more time um, before spring training actually starts. As you know, we're doing a big-time remodeling of the stadium. How's it look? Uh, Oh, it's fantastic. There's going to be so many party areas all over the place. (laughs) Uh, You're not going to recognize it. The building that they're building for us, I think, is 72,000 square feet. Wow. We're going to house our major league spring training offices, our minor league offices for year-round, our uh, major league clubhouse for spring training, uh, minor league clubhouse for spring training, plus our minor league clubhouse for the Florida State League. Uh, it's going to have state-of-the-art workout facilities, uh, training and doctor facilities. It's going to be state-of-the-art, second to none. Uh, so far, uh, I mean, they got 40 days to finish it. Uh, I see, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But uh, at least the green, the, the grass is green. I can tell you that. There you go. There you go. Starting point. 
Al, I, I go back to, as we look at this off season. I, I go back to your press conference, kind of the, that wraps up the season and looks ahead a little bit. And two things struck me out of that press conference. You were asked if you had to get down to a certain number with payroll. You said no, but I've told Mr. Illich this is what I want to do. Younger, leaner, more athletic, and less expensive in the years ahead. But you also said status quo isn't always the answer when you've had injuries that maybe prevented you from getting to where you wanted to be because you can't always rely on those guys to be healthy the next year. So given those two things, as you look at what's unfolded this offseason, and it's been a quiet offseason, kind of tell us what you have you been surprised or has it kind of played out like you thought? I didn't, I was not surprised. I, I was actually hoping that it would play out a little bit differently. Um, but I was not surprised that this winter went by and, and we really didn't make any moves. Um, because really even the, even the Maven thing was a non-move. But uh, the, the, the whole thing is, you know, if you remember my, my press conference with the media at the end of the year, you know, I also said to them, nothing might happen this winter. Right. Because I knew there was a chance, okay, that this could happen in that, you know, the new collective bargaining agreement, the tougher rules that now for, for clubs to go over, the luxury tax, not to mention the debt service rule, which is even uh, as important. Right, one that doesn't uh, get so- talked about much. Yeah, exactly. Because that one's more complicated, you know. That one's more complicated, and actually, the the the, the, uh, uh, the rules on that one are even tougher, where they can take away draft picks and and money and stuff like that. So um, these are things that this winter started to develop. And there's, if you see right now, there's still a lot of good hitters out there. There are free agents. There's still pitchers out there. there are, now the pitchers are not probably not as premium as they have been in past uh, winters, but. There's a lot of good players out there that are free agents that still have not signed. So most of the time, a club will rather sign a free agent uh, player that had to trade a good prospect or prospects uh, to acquire those, that talent for their team. So this year, some of that happened, obviously. And, um, you know, the, the, team, the teams that really were big winners, in my opinion, were the Chicago White Sox and the Boston Red Sox. Boston got, uh, you know, obviously uh, Chris Sale, and he had, you know, a tremendous pitcher where he's still young. He's really, I mean, his, the cost of him is very, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the best values in yes. Major League Baseball <laughs> right now. And, 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 and Chicago got tremendous a tremendous uh, a booty back from, uh, you know, that they can count on for years to come. So it really worked out for both teams. But that's the, saying that, that's the perfect storm. You know, you have – Young, a young player that's controllable at a, at a good cost, and they, just, they, they did the same thing with Adam Eaton. Uh, and those players in today's in today's market have a lot of value. Young players at low cost that you have under control for several years, they are at a premium. That's what teams are covering. And so, for, at, the Boston Red Sox obviously they were loaded, and they and they still oh, they still have on that, on that same vein. You know, you guys uh, go out, you got some players that uh, you know didn't perform for you, might be older, have bigger contracts. And you got a couple players that fall under that category under control through 2018-19. And all of a sudden, you know, you may be getting calls on Jose Iglesias and, and Justin Wilson and not on the players that may be available um, when it comes down to it. And, and, and was it, has it been difficult for you with the landscape of your contracts to make deals? And the other thing, too, is center field. You've got a a list of, uh, I, I put five in this column I wrote the other day, uh, Bourne, uh, Austin Jackson, Peter Borges, uh, gosh, uh, uh, Gregor Blanco, who's the other one? Desmond there? Jennings. Desmond Jennings. 
it's going to be a great list if it were 2012, but uh, it's 2016. What are you going to do about center field? I, you know, the Maven situation, he's not there anymore. What are you going to do about that? You know, are you got, aren't you going to have a plan B instead of the, just Jacoby Jones and Collins and, and such? Well, right now, right now, I mean, there is no clear-cut uh, answer for center field. I would say it's a work in progress because just the names that you just pointed out right there, which obviously there are on our list, I, I've got a long list of all the minor league and major league free agent players that are still available. And um, if, if, if you look at what you're going to get in production, you know, you have to evaluate that compared to what you already have in-house. Uh, in-house, obviously, between, you know, you got Collins, you got Ghost Press, uh, we got Alex Presley, Jaco- and Jacoby Jones. I would say that a guy like Jacoby Jones uh, is going to be a really good defensive player. He's very athletic. He can run. He's got a good, very good arm. Um, you know, the question is, will he hit enough? And, and, and not so much will he hit enough, but will he hit enough to stay above water where you don't drown the guy? And that's a question that could be answered in spring training, and and maybe we don't have to uh, answer that in spring training because maybe something else happens between now and the end of spring training. So that's still a work in progress. We've kept Ghost along this this whole time because we feel Anthony Ghost is a very good center fielder. He can play good defense. We've actually got a couple of teams that have a, have had interest in him because of the same reason because they feel that he's a good uh, a good outfielder. So we wanted to keep him around and, and, and have him in the mix, too, unless something happens, of course, you know, down the road. Collins has, you know, did a pretty good job for us out there in center field. He's not a true center fielder, but if he had to play out there for a stretch of time, he, he certainly can, as Alex Presley uh, also can. So if you look back last year and how many guys, different guys played center field, you know, Maven was supposed to start in center field. He started the season on the injury list. Ghost was supposed to be out there. He went down to the minor leagues. And all of a sudden, you had Andrew Romine playing center field. You had Collins playing center field. We, we even asked Upton to play center field on, on occasion. So it's kind of a revolving door for some part of the season. This year may or, I mean, may or may not be the same. I don't know yet because, like I said, it's still a work in progress. The names that you just pointed out, it, it, they're, you know, I would say that we have some degree of interest. But at this point, it's not to the degree that we're going to jump right in and, and do something with that. Um, so that's where it stands right now in center field. In saying that, we feel very good about the other positions. You know, you really don't know the value of a player until you pick up the phone and you start calling up other clubs <laughs> and seeing what, you know, how they value your player, your players as far as when it comes down to the total package of contract, cost, age, and everything of that nature. So – uh, and, and going into this year, yeah, we probably have a couple of guys. But, you know, when you talk about Iglesias, in reality, you have Iglesias for this year, you have him for next year, and then he becomes a free agent. So he does not – you don't have a long-term control over him. And he, he will start to cost a lot more money uh, starting next year. He costs a little bit of money, money this year, but next year he'll be, he'll be more expensive, and then all of a sudden he's a free agent. Uh, Dustin Wilson, not too much different. And, you know, obviously – He's a guy that he's a left-handed guy in the bullpen, and while there was some interest in him, we also felt that okay, um, based on his performance last year, he probably, you know, could have been better, more consistent. So we have to evaluate: is it better to keep him and see what he can do for us out of the bullpen uh, in 2017? And if everything works out great and, and he does a good job, 
well, we're going to need him because you're always looking for that left-handed reliever. Um, and if things don't go well for whatever reason, and he does well, then at the trading deadline, obviously he'll have, you know, the, the, the value will still be there if not higher. So you can play it either way. Uh, and you have to just figure out what, what has more value for you, um, you know, in that left-handed reliever or in a, in a possible move. So these are things that you're evaluating all the time as you talk to, with different clubs. So it's not just that, you know, we're staying pat. It's more of evaluating and making decisions basically, basically on a regular basis as you talk to other clubs. Al, enjoyed the conversation. We'll talk to you more coming up here uh, from Tiger Fest. Tiger so, Fest, yeah, so just over a week. So we do our special edition of Tiger Talk from there. Appreciate you joining us tonight and stay, stay dry in this wet weather. <laughs> I will, I will. And just, just remember one thing, Pat, about our club. We got a real good starting rotation in Verlander, Zimmerman, Fulmer, and some of those other young guys. And we have a pretty good bullpen. And our corner outfielders and our corner infielders are all capable of hitting 30-plus home runs. We got one of the best second basemen in the in the league, and uh, we got a pretty good combination behind the plate between McCann and Alex. Yeah. And uh, we feel pretty good about the club as we stand as we stand today. So hopefully we have a good uh, a season where we stay away from injury and and everything that you know turns out to be a little bit more. Uh, in a positive manner as, uh, as compared to last year's uh, injuries. Yeah, you know, just the one thing, Al, you got to take my unsolicited advice I gave you every night and get Joe Jimenez in the major league. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and this might be the year. <laughs> Listen to Pat. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, Joe Jimenez. Oh, my. But anyway, uh, look forward to seeing you soon, Al. Thanks, Thanks a Al. lot, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, fellas. Take care. That's, right, that's Al Avila. Good sound advice for any baseball fan. Listen to Pat. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. Unsolicited <laughs> advice every night for him on Joey Vinas. But anyway, um, enjoyed it, Dan. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Coming up next, Inside Hockey Town, Ken Cal will join me from Dallas, 97 won the ticket.